Welcome to another episode in Beauty and Love. So today, Adrian and I are speaking to Sadie, who is a friend of mine from college. So I could say many things about Sadie, but she is an amazing woman. She is a great friend. She is an outstanding educator. She's very passionate. And she is a pet owner to an adorable dog. So we just wanted to chat with her about her pregnancy journey, her perceptions on love and beauty, and her life experiences. So we're really excited for this one. Just a quick note, um, Sadie and Adrian know me by my Korean name. So yeah, you'll be hearing that in the episode. Oh, and it's Claire, by the way. All right, let's get started. I'm Adrian. Hello. I'm part of the introspectives team. I don't know what to say for these introductions. I know. We're, well, it's because like we know who we are and then we get started and we're like, oh, we actually have to do an intro. We're having yeah. a really good start. Um, yeah. So, Sadie, yeah, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Um, uh, how, how are you doing today? I'm good. I was just saying before we started recording, it's been an interesting week in politics in the U.S., to put it yeah. mildly. Um, but curious what the next week will bring and also excited to like step away from that a bit and not be constantly checking the news cycle, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's like a whole topic in, in itself. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, we're really excited to have you on because we're going to be talking about different topics of beauty and love that we haven't dove into yet. So just to begin with, can you tell us about like where you grew up in your childhood? Sure. Um, so I grew up, as you said, um, outside of Boston. I grew up in Yay. Brookline. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I pretty much have spent my whole life in this general area, like Boston through and through, went to college here with you, Boram. Um, but my parents actually are both from South Africa. Um, mm. And so I feel like a big part of my identity actually is not growing up there myself. I was born here, but it's like hearing about their experiences there um, through the apartheid and ultimately moving to the States before they had me. Um, and yeah, my husband actually studied abroad in South Africa, which is kind of random and interesting. And so we've been wanting to take a trip there at some point. We're supposed to go this February and obviously oh, uh, no. the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in that. Um, but yeah, my, mom, my mom wanted to take me to experience it with me as an adult because the last time I went when I was 13 and before that I was three. Um, so I'd like to reconnect. Oh man, it was you and Ben were just meant to be then. Like what a what <laughs> quick <laughs> Um, yeah, no, actually, I do remember, like, you telling me about that, like, when we were, when we were at Brandeis, like, but I also remember when I first moved to the UK, like, you were telling me, like, random words that I might encounter, because it's, like, all part of the Commonwealth, right? Like, yeah, they call them, like, the trolleys rather than strollers. I was like, actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember telling you that, like, I got made fun of not a lot, but like as a kid, because I'd say things like pram for stroller or oh, yeah. for elevator, <laughs> and they'd be like, What are you talking about? Oh my God, it's called a pram, not a trolley. I, should, I really <laughs> should know that. That's so embarrassing. Okay, wow, great start. Um, no, I do remember that, and I just thought that was like when you introduce yourself when you said that I thought like wow that's I was not expecting you to say that that's really cool 
Uh, <laughs> but I guess like on that note, then like having um, like different backgrounds to your parents and being surrounded by um, friends who also had different backgrounds, like what were your, um, like who were your beauty and role models like while you were growing up? Um, so you gave me a list of these questions before and I kind of laughed because I feel like my answer for this is very unconventional. Um, okay. <laughs> so I was um, born with a genetic disorder, which meant that I just had a lot of surgeries on my legs as a kid and have a lot of scars on them because of it. And I think I was really like so self-conscious of that, especially as a teenager that I very rarely what like felt I had sort of traditional role models in the media because um, I saw sort of others as having these very like now I would put it in air quotes, but perfect bodies and me like mm. not fitting um, that. And I kind of wish that I had like sought out role models for myself that were different. And for whatever reason, like that's not the approach that I took. Um, and so like, I think that the reason why my answer was weird is because I would say my dad and he's a man and he's like, <laughs> not at all like a public figure. Yeah. But I think for me, a lot of it was just like the way that he carried himself. So I inherited my genetic condition from him. And he also has had a lot of surgeries and sort of had to, I think, like confront his self image. And I think for a man, that's very different. Like the standards are so different for, for girls and for women. Um, but I think I really looked up to him as somebody that like held himself with confidence and didn't let any of that sort of impact who he was in the world or who he, um, like represented himself as, um, so yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I read that question. Oh, I love that. I mean, (laughs) yeah. It, it, like to have a parent be your like relatable role model and to know that like your your dad is doing fine like I mean I, I think that's amazing um especially if you two like have the same condition like you want to know that um like if he's doing well then you know that you'll do well like as, as you grow up too um but yeah I, I think um because like me and Adrian were also discussing that when we were watching like TV shows or movies, it's hard to find someone um, who you can, who, who's similar to you. I guess yeah. when we asked this question, we didn't necessarily mean like, oh, who's your favorite actress? Um, you know, it, it could it could be whoever like you it, um, you draw inspiration from. But like, what about like when you watch like any TV shows or like read books? Was there anyone you thought like, oh, this is what beauty is? It's a really good question. And I honestly, I don't know if there's like a specific person that I look to that. Maybe I was almost like, so, you know how people say that when you're a teenager, it feels like the spotlight is on you. And there's some psychological (laughs) term for this. And I don't remember what it is, but it's like literally like you think that everybody is looking at you with like all (laughs) eyes and this detail. And really that's not how the world is. And I think a lot of my experience was more that it was like feeling self-conscious or feeling different or like judgmental of myself and less sort of like looking outwardly as people that I aspired to be like. And like I said before, I think I like that's almost a weird thing to say because I think that might not be how a lot of people look at it. But I don't look back and think like, oh, this is a person that I really looked up to, at least like in in that way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can really relate to that too, actually. Like, I don't know. I felt like since I didn't really see any models that 
I like could relate to. I just decided not to relate to anyone. And so like I used to really like reading stories about animals. Like I was thinking about like what characters I really related to as a kid. And I was like, they were all animals. <laughs> like so weird. <laughs> but I think maybe sometimes if you feel like you don't see anyone that relates to you, you're like, ah, oh, well, whatever, I just give up. You know, I'm just going to think about, you know, myself and how I want to live mm -hmm. rather than looking to someone else. Yeah. And I think, I don't think I did it in sort of like a, I don't know, like moody teenage, you know, I'm the only one like me way. Yeah. I think it's just like, that wasn't like the source that I connected to. Like there are definitely mm -hmm. books or book characters that I, I really loved. One of my favorite books um, in high school that I actually reread again now. And like now don't think is nearly as profound as I did, but I remember <laughs> just loving the book. It's called the history of love. Um, and it's oh yeah. I, yeah, I think book, I yeah. might have told you about yeah. this too. Um, but it's just like told from multiple characters' perspectives. And um, I think like I liked books where like you, the characters felt really vulnerable or you were sort of mm -hmm. learning things about them over time. And that was one of those books. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, so like as, as an adult, like would you say your dad is still like your... Well, I I know we said beauty and love, but like, is is your dad like you're still um, your big role model? I think so. I think he's. It feels like cheesy to say that, but I think that I like really lucked out with the parents that I got, and they are really going to impact the type of parent that I hope to be. Um, and I think that both my parents, but specifically my dad, just a lot are along a lot of dimensions. Um, like I brought him up here because of sort of the way he carries himself and like thinks about himself physically and self-acceptance and things like that. Um, but I think like across a lot of dimensions, he's somebody that I really look up to. Like he's driven by passion. He's a doctor, but he also um, plays jazz piano and he's, oh, yeah. um, he's just got like a lot of things going on and does things because he cares about them and is passionate about them, not because he feels like a sense of duty or, or burden and yeah there's a lot that I look up to in the way that he lives his life and um, I think we should you should like see I should like cut this part you should send it to him for like Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I think I mean I'll pass it over to Adrian in a sec but I mean no I don't think it's cheesy and and you mm -hmm. know what some things that are true are cheesy okay we just have to <laughs> accept that and no I was trying to articulate earlier like um, I mean, I, I think this is probably like really prominent in your mind, like these days, Sadie, but um, like if we do look up to your, our parents, right? And like, if you know that, like, if you see that you're one of your parents or both of your parents are like, they've made it, they're doing well in life. You, it makes you think like, oh, I'm going to be fine because they're doing fine. Um, and I mean, I, I, th I think that's great. And I will definitely send you this clip so you can hear <laughs> um I think yeah. the other thing I can throw my mom some love too because the other thing I was thinking of in terms <laughs> yeah. of like like love role models I think I also mm. just learned a lot from my parents relationship and not mm. because it was perfect like I actually think they never said this to me but I'm pretty sure that my parents might have been on like the cusp of divorce at times in my childhood like if they had their challenges um but now they've like really grown with each other and I think actually worked at making themselves better and listening to each other and like realizing yeah. that relationships don't need to be static and I think that's a huge thing for me as well sort of learning I think in my relationship with my husband I think we even said this in our vows that 
it's not about these like big romantic gestures of love, but it's in the really small moments where you just like choose to be there or choose to listen or choose to change. Um, And so I think for me, that's another way that, that my parents have really influenced the way that I approach love. Yeah. I mean, every relation, that's why I hate Disney movies in that way. (laughs) It's like, what happens after the ending? The happily ever after. (laughs) But what happens after the happily ever after? It goes yeah. on. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking and pass it over to Adrian. <laughs> okay. Um, so the next question we have is, so from your current pregnancy journey, have you learned new things about beauty and health? And what kind of things were you surprised by the most? So I, um, I feel like Baram knows about this from our own just like personal friendship conversations, (laughs) but I can sort of like frame it. Um, I have always wanted to be a mom and a mother. We have pictures of me as a two-year-old with I think like seven or eight dolls laid out in front of me and I'm changing all of their diapers automatically. Um, After college, I taught for four years and I taught first grade because I just like loved kids energy and curiosity. And so I think I've always had a sense of just like wanting to be a mom. Um, And I think at first I really thought of motherhood as like this simple dreamy experience and the cute clothes and celebrations of milestones. And over time, I think both because of my own journey, which I can get more into, but also just other people sharing their own journeys into being a parent I think I've understood it as way more complex and probably a lot more realistically mm-hmm. um so I think especially recently I don't know what the shift has been if it's because I'm getting older and so more people are talking about it but I think more maybe like a, a cultural shift it feels like people are just being much more honest about both the really beautiful and amazing parts of being a parent but also the things like how life altering it is and how challenging it can be. Um, I've had a lot of people, whether it's through like media or people in my own life who have shared pretty openly about miscarriages or loss and postpartum depression or anxiety about not living up to their own expectations of being a parent. Um, And also just like the, the hard everyday things of totally normal stuff, but just not the picture perfect version. Um, and I have really appreciated that. And so I think one of the things that I've wanted to do in my own sort of experience of hopefully soon becoming a parent is just being really transparent about that journey and sort of like the real version, not just the easy parts. Um, so I had shared with Borom when we last talked, um, that, I, so I have this genetic condition and I've always known that there was a 50% chance that my child would also have the condition. Um, and I remember talking with friends over time, they'd sort of asked me, you know, if you could choose to have a kid that didn't have that. And I think at that point it felt almost like this very futuristic sci-fi thing. Like uh, if in a world where you could, yeah, you know, like your child, exactly, <laughs> um, like, would you do that? And my yeah. answer was really strongly that I wouldn't, I felt like mm-hmm. I've lived a valuable life. Like there's, I think a lot about having surgeries and having to go through this that made me a stronger person. And I think like, um, I just, I didn't like the idea of sort Mm. of cherry picking or or changing that. Mm. Um, But interestingly, this past year, my husband and I have decided that we want to start a family. And I had 
sort of a very routine check-in with my OBGYN just to kind of, you know, ask initial questions beginning that journey. And she mentioned to me that there is now a gene associated with um, my condition and that we could essentially, I don't know how to describe it super (laughs) succinctly, but essentially go through the IVF process and genetic testing um, to like ultimately have a kid be able to select an embryo that didn't have my disorder and ensure that our um, baby didn't need to like go through the same suffering that I did as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like a tidal wave. Like that was not a conversation that we were expecting to enter. Mm -hmm. It was not something that I was seeking out. I mean, I I literally didn't even think it was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that yeah, we, we had a lot of conversations this year. It's the pandemics. We were, you know, home with each other anyway, and like lots of time to connect <laughs> and think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. I think I like, I was surprised at both that it was even possible, but also my emotional reaction to it. Cause it was something that I had originally been really against almost like morally. It, it felt very hard for me. And I think more tangibly thinking about what it could mean for a kid to not have to go through that experience. Um, and like the, almost like the incredible power of being able to make that decision for a kid. Um, so yeah, lots of conversations. And we ultimately decided that that's something that we wanted to pursue. And it's been a long journey that was this fall and still like, Mm -hmm. it's still, you know, you have to get tested and your family has to get tested. It's kind of a whole thing before you can even begin the physical process. Um, yeah, that, that was a really yeah. long-winded answer, but that's sort of where I am. And it's like complicated and it's mm-hmm. brought up a lot, a lot of different emotions and, and questions for me. Yeah, it is a really heavy decision. And I, I'm very surprised too. I also didn't think something yeah. like that was possible. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying Gattaca earlier and I'm like, oh my God, we really are at that point. <laughs> it's so strange. Like, oh my God. And it's oh, also like, I, or go ahead. Oh no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, I think like one of the things that felt so strange to me is that I think, you know, there's some conditions that a kid could have that like literally they couldn't thrive, they couldn't survive. And I think that's a much easier decision to sort of, Mm -hmm. um, just an easier decision. And I think there's other things on the far other end of the spectrum. Like I would never, ever try to have a kid with blonde hair and blue eyes. And then Mm -hmm. there's like Mm -hmm. these gray areas and I think one of the things that I really struggled with is like is this something that if we were able to like support a child to not have that that I would feel comfortable having like had an explicit hand in and I think ultimately I do um Mm. but it just like it raised a lot of questions that I never would have thought I'd have to confront or think about yeah 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 I mean well first off I just wanted to emphasize like yeah, you're absolutely right. Just going back to the beginning, um, you're right. I don't think there are enough conversations about like the full spectrum of the pregnancy journey from like literally like the start of the start to the finish. And mm-hmm. yeah, like maybe it's because we are older that um, that we maybe we just care more about this. I don't know. But like I am more constant about this, but I'm sure it helped that like, you know, Michelle Obama wrote about this so candidly in her book, which is fantastic. Um but I guess, sorry, this isn't like in the list of questions, but because um, you mentioned like, first of all, like, wow, <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> um, so you have to go through conversations that you weren't expecting with um, with your husband. But 
what were the conversations like before this all happened that you thought you would be having? Huh. You mean thought I would be having just like not knowing that this that this was an option? Well, I guess like uh, kind of like I guess before, you know, when you two decided, right, let's 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 have a baby. We're ready to be parents. Like I'm assuming, you know, you two at least thought like, what do we want to teach our kids? What yeah. are we going to like things like that? Like what, what yeah. were some conversations you thought you would be having? So I think there's a lot. I think um I think the things are different for me and him, but a few things come to mind. So the first is that like he just my husband has always wanted to be a dad, but he like I was rearing to go. Probably, you know, <laughs> if he had been up for it like three years ago, I would have been open to this. And he like just this year was like, Okay, I think I'm actually in a mental place where like I can be a parent to somebody else and bring somebody else in the world and like feel like it's a time that makes sense to do that. So like there were a lot of conversations about that. And I think part of those conversations were him thinking about, so his parents are divorced um, mm-hmm. and I won't get too much into it because it's sort of, you know, it's like his story yeah, yeah. to tell. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of thinking that he's done in terms of what it means to be a good parent. And I mean, his parents were incredible parents to him, but also what it means to like do that in relationship and do that as a partnership and like for the long term. Um, so I think he's thought a lot about that. Um, and I think for me, always but especially recently I've been doing a lot of thinking about what it means to just like raise a child that is a good human being um Mm -hmm. and that especially as we are both white and like a child that can understand and explore their own identity and understand the impact of what it means to hold that identity um to living in the United States right now, like understanding what truth and like a moral compass is and like really thinking deeply about justice and I think that my parents did a lot of that for me and I also think we're in a very different place right now politically um and like a lot of that learning I'm honestly doing myself right now like I am 29 and there's a lot of thinking that like I wasn't pushed to do when I was younger and so what does it mean to guide a child through that or like be a model as I'm continuing to learn myself um so I imagine it's going to be messy and very far from perfect. But I think those are some of the things that I'm like starting to think about separate from the, you know, oh, I'm going to buy these cute yeah. clothes and decorate a nursery. But what does it really mean to be yeah. a parent? I mean, yeah. I think people don't realize how big of a co- commitment it is, how like to be a parent, but also for like as women, mm-hmm. you know, you have to deal with just so much like you're dealing with science you didn't even know existed (laughs) yeah let's let's go back to you oh should i next question (laughs) i was like to me what am i supposed to (laughs) okay all right so next question um so Uh, I was really interested to know, do you feel like there's more pressure because you're not necessarily doing health things for yourself, but for the baby? And what are some of the positives and negatives of having that type of mindset of thinking about things for the baby rather than doing things for your own health? I don't know if this is directly answering your question, so feel free to like steer me, (laughs) steer me back if not. But one of the things that I think about when you ask that is that... Mm -hmm. My husband really, like when I was wondering if we should even go down 
this route of testing, especially because this is like a whole other level of detail that I, I don't think is interesting enough to share. But like, basically, I had to get tested to see if I even like officially have this mm. disorder in order to then continue. And there's been yeah. some like interesting complications with that. And there were points where I sort of felt like, you know what, let's just stop. This is going to be such a long and complicated road. Like I want to be a mom. I, you know, maybe we should just like try naturally and sort of forget this. And my husband really advocated to do everything we could to see if it was an option and just like understand what the options were to basically then be able to say that to a kid later. Like, mm. you know, we really looked into this and then we made an informed decision based on like what was available, how, how we felt, et cetera. Um, and I think that like, that was helpful to me. And I think he, I'm much more of a short-term thinker, I think sometimes, or like mm -hmm. shorter term gratification. And I think he's good at like putting things in perspective and really thinking about years down the line. Um, but I also think it's a combination. Like, I don't know if I feel like I'm just doing this for the baby. I think in a mm -hmm. way there's also, I don't know if I'd call it selfish, but like, um, decisions that are more centered on our experience as parents like mm -hmm. I think I'm really scared to have a kid that would have a lot of surgeries and seeing them in pain um mm -hmm. or like needing to rise to the challenge not just of being a good parent generally but a good parent to a kid that like is going through things they're going to ask questions about why they're going through those things and you can't prevent that you know no matter what child you have you're going to have to confront some version of that um but I do think there's an element of like self-protection as well of like, if I can not need to go through that, going through the shorter term logistical frustrations or questions, but ultimately it meaning that for me and my husband and our future child, like that it would be easier. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm actually, yeah. so um, I think this connects to the next question, but um, I just, I'm just curious, um, like, I, obviously, like, self-care is, like, very trendy right now, mm -hmm. um, and then, like, feeling like, oh, I'm beautiful, like, is also, like, really popular, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that, like, the concept of beauty is uh, geared towards, like, um, if, like, if you're young, um, well, at least like society thinks of it that way. And um, pre pregnant women and older women are not quote unquote perceived to be like beautiful, right? Um, I mean, I, I disagree, but <laughs> um, me and Adrian have talked about um, like who perpetuates um, perceptions of beauty and love in society. And my argument is always it's white men. Um, and, and that's that's my I know I know it's more layered than that but my opinion is always like oh um you know like white men are dictating to us you know if you look at all of our films it's always like young women that are perceived to be beautiful and then after that you know not perceived not to be which is it just just wrong so because that's the dominant narrative now which hopefully I think it's slowly changing um going into this pregnancy journey um like, how do you feel about perceptions of beauty, like yourself? Like, how do you see yourself practicing self-love? So that was really complicated, but I'm just <laughs> Oh, man. Now I have to pause and think about that. Um, I mean, I will say I definitely have fears about, 
like what pregnancy does to your body. And I feel like there's this narrative of sort of, you know, you get pregnant and it's like, you never bounce back or, um, it kind of like, I think so much of your attention and also like physical self changes and shifts away from like focusing on yourself to focusing on a child. Um, but I also think like literally physically, whether it's stretch marks or gaining weight that you, you know, then don't keep off or whatever it is. Um, like I'm honestly nervous about that. And it's not like an overpowering thing that I think about always, but I definitely think it's sort of like entering into a different stage of life there. Um, yeah. And I think that it's also been really interesting being in the pandemic, I feel like as probably all of us are, I've been spending a lot of time in sweats and like not sort of thinking about my <laughs> yeah. own experience in the same way. Um, and so that'll be an interesting thing as well, especially if like timing kind of intersects of like having left work or like left seeing friends and stuff in one sort of physical way. And then coming back, not just from the pandemic, but potentially like being pregnant or having a baby and just like all of that yeah. <laughs> wrapped up into itself. Um, Yeah. But I also think as I've gotten older, like I shared at the beginning that I was really self-conscious as a teenager. And honestly, I look back at like pictures or at myself now and I'm, you know, wonder what all of that was about. Like I am totally fine with who I am. I look at pictures and I was pretty and it was fine. And like, I think I put so much more pressure on myself to look certain ways. And I think that luckily, and I don't know exactly how this happened, probably just getting older um like I'm so much less self-critical of myself now I'm still self-conscious but like not for the same reasons that I was Mm -hmm. before yeah no I I love that I mean I do think that um there is a gap in the narrative of um like pregnant woman and um there's a lot of ageism still so Mm -hmm. it just as you're talking it just made me think yeah I mean I'm not I want to be I want to have kids one day but yeah I'm also kind of like because you you read about pregnancy, it's like you'll be in a lot of pain. I mean, realistic. You want to be warned, but I also want to know about like you know, like self self like how do you practice self care? But how do you also you know practice? How do you take care of your baby? Like I want to know everything, just not the traumatic bits. But um, I've yeah. also seen a lot of like accounts on Instagram and stuff recently where it's moms talking about their bodies in ways like this is what sustained me to literally create life or like this is you know this is like the part of my body that is you know sustaining my baby now things like that and um I don't know I think those are helpful perspectives as well that there's visions of beauty but there's also visions of like your body being a pretty powerful incredible thing and I think that's something that I've realized through sort of my surgeries and and healing and things like that but I think pregnancy is another way where that like there's there's a a way to to reframe those changes to your yeah, body yeah, yeah yeah exactly I mean like women's bodies are like we we're amazing like, we're bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my husband has asked me about that he said like I don't understand why you like so want to be pregnant you know he'd be more open to things like adoption or, or other ways of becoming a parent and for me it's like yes it's going to be painful yes it's going to change my body but also like to get to experience literally creating a life and like not at least for me and I know this isn't true for everybody but like not mm-hmm. getting to experience that I think would feel like mm-hmm. a big loss 
Yeah, I mean, in Sparta, was it Sparta that Adrian, you're in my <laughs> interesting transition there. Class, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Sixth grade history class. Yeah. We're in like Sparta or something. They revered the babies into the lion. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like they threw like babies into a lion pen or something. <laughs> okay, that's that's not where I was going with that. I was gonna say they revered women. Um. <laughs> Because like women are the life givers. So, I mean, I, I would, you know, like, I think that's beautiful and um, it, it should just be more in, in the narrative and we should, we should reframe that. Um, not about what you're saying. <laughs> not about something maybe. <laughs> well, apparently uh, I, I didn't pay enough attention in history that. class because I remember yeah. none of what either of you should. Well, maybe well, I, I got remember the wrong. lion pit. So <laughs> the only animals. I only remember animal related things. <laughs> Coming for a full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very um, on brand. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Adrian also, I don't know if you saw our comics for Friday, but Adrian <laughs> dropped a lot of like art uh, with um, animals. <laughs> yeah, I always draw myself as an animal as well. <laughs> I haven't escaped the myself as an animal mindset. Yet. Is there a particular animal that you see yourself as? It's always a rabbit. I don't know. Oh, I just like rabbits. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty yeah. cute. Um, yeah. Did you too notice that a lot of there are. Okay. Am I noticing it because maybe I'm more ready to be pregnant or like to have kids or <laughs> is it because like, or is it, is it just that like, a lot of a lot more people are pregnant these days just like everyone well, bam, bam. i mean like as we get older it would make more sense that more people oh, are true. underage right are having babies actually like my one of my best friends and my sister are both pregnant right now oh. so i've been getting a lot of updates from them <laughs> so my sister is right in the midst of like morning sickness so she's oh. always talking about that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. that makes. <laughs> how does that make you feel during that stage? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like I feel like after all the complications and stuff. I ha I didn't mention this, but I had a surgery actually earlier this summer after not having any since I was 13. So it's been a long time, and it like mm -hmm. refreshed my brain on mm -hmm. all of the like woes and trials and tribulations of just like your body going through a version of trauma. Um, so morning sickness doesn't feel that bad compared to all of that, but all else that comes with pregnancy and like the back pain and nerve issues and all of that, I'm definitely like, I feel like hyper aware of right now, having gone through like different versions of that earlier this summer. Yeah. I mean, for both my sister and my best friend, like they're both on their second pregnancy. So, you know, if they, if they're able to go through it once and they still want to do it again, still like, want to it do must it again. be okay. So. <laughs> Although they say that you're, at least for birth, I don't know about pregnancy, they say that your mind like erases a lot of it, I think, in yeah. order to then make you comfortable still doing it again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Could be. <laughs> well, how much are you like reading up? Like, what is the extent to um, how much you're reading on this, Sadie? Like, are you reading like all the way through like, <laughs> like everything? I'm, I'm just curious, like how you're preparing. I think it's been very, like lots of details, but whatever is relevant in the moment. So when I learned that sort of this like IVF process was possible, I did a ton of reading there. I actually found 
my doctors to be really unhelpful in ways Mm -hmm. that were really frustrating. And so I feel like I had to do a lot of like self-research and self-educating, which at the time honestly felt really like isolating and confusing. But now I think feels good because I had an appointment with somebody that did know what they were talking about. And I sort of said, okay, well, here's all the stuff I know. And they were like, wow, you figured all that out on your own. So it feels good to have, I don't know, looked into what I needed to. Um, But I think so much of this has gone from being my like dreamy idealized version of what it would be like to have a pregnancy journey to just like a much more nuanced complex thing that I'm trying not to jump too far ahead and like take it one step at a time and be hopeful and excited but also just like be present in the moment and see what the answers are to these early tests and things like that um whereas my normal personality is like you know don't get me wrong I may or may not have a Pinterest board with (laughs) nursery designs and stuff so it's not like totally not going in that direction yeah Yeah, it's always nice to good to be prepared fun to dream I don't know we're talking to our neighbors that our downstairs neighbors in our condo building just had a baby and they're so relaxed and chill we were asking them before they had the baby like you know are you nervous how are you feeling and instead of going to any of the emotional stuff they were like yeah we have about half of the stuff from our registry other than that we're fine we'll have the baby we'll figure it out and that's so not the type of parents (laughs) for better or worse that my parent my husband and I are going to be um but (laughs) So what are the things that you're like really looking forward to? Because it seems like we're talking about a lot of <laughs> all the negative, the negative stuff. stuff. Yeah. So, so what are like some of your top positives? Like, yeah. Are there any like outfits you're really excited about putting your baby in? Or some decorations or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for so much. Yeah, it's funny. Like I feel like this like focus so much on the hard stuff but like the reason why I'm willing to go through the hard stuff is because I am so excited to be a parent Mm -hmm. I'm excited for like the tiny cute little outfits and those little shoes like the sneakers (laughs) that are unrealistic because they're not walking yet but they're so cute Um, I'm excited for like decorating a space and making it cozy and like picking books and things like that especially I think being a teacher and like being thoughtful about the books Mm -hmm. I had in my library for kids I've got like you know, ideas of like the type of things I want to expose a kid to. Um, I'm really excited. My parents had me when they were older. And I think one of the reasons why I really want to become a parent now is like seeing my parents with my baby. I'm really excited to like see our family. We have a dog and it's funny, like even just seeing our parents and siblings, like with our dog and like babying over him, like makes my heart sing. And so like, I can't imagine what that's like, like you created a human being and like seeing your family bond with them. Um, yeah. So many things, so many things that are not like anxiety and fear and all that. (laughs) Do you think that your experience being a teacher will really help you like with being a parent? Cause like, I mean, I worked, uh, we both worked as like teachers before, like Borum and I. Not really, but yeah. (laughs) But to me, I felt like it's very different, you know, like teaching a class and like many students versus like if you're raising like one child, but I don't know, what are some of your perspectives on that? I actually like, with, I think going the other way, like I wish I was a parent before being a teacher because I think oh, there's okay. so many things that like, you know, I just think it would inform that. I think that like being a teacher will absolutely inform the type of parent I am as well. Um, I think like there's a lot that I, so I taught young kids, they were six and seven age. And so I think for sort of earlier, like childhood, I feel like I, I don't know, just kind of understanding like 
human development and some of mm-hmm. the things that came up for my kids or even things like knowing how to teach kids how to read. I think those types of things will be really helpful. Um, and my husband, I think, is much more like brainy, excited for an older kid that he can like talk philosophy with and like I don't know, <laughs> get into like his, you know, nerdy hobbies. And um, so I think we're looking forward to different things. But I also think I, so I taught at a um, charter school that was pretty strict and there were a lot of things I loved about it and also a lot of reasons why I decided not to teach there anymore and I think I do like I want to be a very different parent I think than Mm. the type of school where I taught which is part of the reason why I ultimately left that school um and so I think there's like also things that I learned in teaching that I sort of like caution myself against about being overly structured or like so focused on sort of results and and routine and like helping your kid be the best they can be whereas I went to I don't know if either of you know the Waldorf school it's like a oh um, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so I went to a private school that was much more focused on like art and allowing kids to explore and we spent like two or three hours in the woods every day and I believed in fairies and gnomes for longer than I probably should have been so I don't know if I'd go like totally to that side of things but yeah. I definitely think there's more of a sort of like um I don't know just like curious open exploratory artistic version of childhood that um I would like to create for my kids Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was just thinking like it would be really interesting um, to uh, talk with you again at like different points of your journey and see like how. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just think it would be um, maybe it'd be interesting for you personally to like hear back on like what you said like the first time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. We, we can. We can talk about it like off off record, but because uh, right now, like it seems like you're in the stage where you're doing the researching. Well, you have to do the thinking, and you're getting excited, but a little cautious, like all the feelings, like in in one go. And I wonder, I wonder how, I wonder how that will like develop. I think summarizing it by quote unquote all the feelings in one <laughs> is like pretty much a spot on <laughs> where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, mean, it would be interesting. I think for all of us, like, um, you know, just being able to see like who you were three mm-hmm. years ago, seven years ago, or even like a few months ago, there's so much that that changes. So I would be curious like what this conversation would be like in in a year or two. Yeah, because yeah. right right now we've um, asked you very like general questions, and I mean we are really grateful that you have opened up because, I mean it it is very personal and intimate, um, but you know you opening up like I, like I feel inspired to talk about it when I I get to that stage, um, but yeah it is it has been really general and we we could like take a deep dive on like so many things like how the pregnancy journey like within yourself or like with your partner or like conversation with the parent it is like different layers so yeah I definitely would love to talk to you more about it like if you're, if you're willing but um I'll leave it to Adrian to ask the last question <laughs> oh no I didn't really have a specific question I don't know I was just I think it's very interesting to see how your experiences like with um, growing up with the genetic disorder and then also being a teacher have like changed your views of like pregnancy and how that kind of changes the way that you think about it and relate to it. I know, so I think it's very interesting to hear your perspectives about it. 
And I don't know I'm so excited. Like, like, excited. Like, I can't wait till you have the baby. Like, yeah, me too. Well, we were going to ask him, how do you practice self care? But Adrian didn't oh, ask. Didn't. Oh, wait, but I thought you already asked that. Oh, oh, well, um, not explicit. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so, well, again, how do you practice, you practice self care? <laughs> Um, I think like totally separate from all of this stuff. I feel like there's been like a theme or trend in everything else I've shared. Um, I, so my husband recently gave me his old iPad. I used to love drawing, um, like mostly when I was a kid, it's been like a long time, probably since college, since I like really spent time drawing and doing art. Um, mm-hmm. And he recently gave me his iPad so I could use Procreate um, and drawing app. <laughs> and I've been obsessed with it. Adrian's nodding. Maybe that's where you do your yeah, illustrations. That's, that's where I use, I use, I use Procreate. <laughs> like being able to zoom in on things and like be really experimental, but then be able to, you know, delete it. I think it's sort of um, lowered my inhibitions because normally I think I'm sort of like uptight and doing art because I'm worried I'll mess up. So that's been really fun. Um and I've been, it's only been a couple of weeks now since I started, but I already have done a lot and like definitely less TV and more drawing, I think has been yeah. good for my mental health. Um, so and then I've also been doing in the pandemic, just like needing to differentiate and feel like I'm making things sort of special um, when mm-hmm. everything is like blending together. So lots of like tiny little cheap rituals, like getting candles to light in the house, or we yeah. got a $10 frother so I can make fancy lattes with my coffee, <laughs> make face masks, like all of these little things that I think yeah. are important regardless. But when you're stuck at home, it's nice to like create some, some special stuff to look forward to, I think. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, I definitely like agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, honestly, um, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your time and words with us. We would love to have you back if you're, if you're willing. <laughs> now that I've got over the hump of being nervous for this, I'm a total introvert, and I don't know why. I'm like very comfortable talking about this type of stuff. Not sure why I decided to do it on a podcast, but hey, here we go. So now that I've really gotten it all out there, certainly would be open to talking about it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah, you so. sounded great. Really articulate. It was a really interesting <laughs> story. So, I, yeah, I would love to hear more about your pregnancy journey and, yeah, and your thoughts. So, yeah, I hope you come back <laughs> for another episode. <laughs> Thank um, you. 